Welcome to the Unguardable Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Unguardable Podcast and on Twitter at Unguardable Pod. And Unguardable is back with another fire team preview for the 21-22 season. The team we dive into today is the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they added a few role players to round out their roster a bit. But uh, there are major questions heading in about Kyrie's Kyrie Irving's status after uh, so far refusing to take the COVID-19 vaccine. So uh, to break the Brooklyn Nets down with me today, I've got uh, Jonathan with me. How you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on? Hey, man, I'm glad to have you on here. So uh, what, what, what do you think of these Nets? You know what? I mean, obviously, they, uh, they have a great team. One of the most, uh, one of the most talented teams in the league, but obviously there's also the question of Kyrie, and you know, I, I like them, I, I like them a lot, and you know we'll see how much they're impacted with this whole thing, but they may not be able to play the, all the home games, and then you know the, then you look into the, the forecast for it and you got the future of the playoffs and then it's like how how much does that impact that and will those rules still be in place come playoff time so that's that to me is really the key i think they can maybe get by because they they missed a lot of time last year you know like as far as each of them between you know kd and you know harden and Kyrie, i think they played a total of eight games together as it was, and they were still able to get by. Granted, it was a 72-game season. Everyone's a little slow bouncing back. I think this is the first full season and where people have had a little bit of rest, you know, before the previous season. And we're gonna get to we're gonna get a little better performance out of teams, a, a lot less injuries, I think. Uh, hope I hope, and then go forward from there. Yeah. Um... I still, the, yeah, that Kyrie Irving thing is so weird. Uh, I, I still think they're going to be probably the number one seed. If not, at the lowest, they'll be number two in the East, um, even with Kyrie having to miss half of the season. Because, uh, I mean, when you've got James Harden and Kevin Durant, you know, knock on wood, they're healthy the whole season. Um, I think they're still the number one seed in the East. But, yeah, that's, it's crazy because, all right, so... He won't be able to play home games but something else that i noticed was that uh san francisco and los angeles also have similar rules to ny so in the event that let's say there is a nets lakers finals and these rules are still in place does that mean that like he's not going to be able to play like he wouldn't be able to play that entire series if they played against the lakers right yeah lakers or the clippers so, and that also, I mean, obviously they're not going to make it, but any, any California team, you know, it's like, obviously the Golden State Warriors would be the next one that maybe would be in the mix if they, if everything crumbled the right way for them. But I mean, that would suck. And going forward, we're going to see how everything unfolds as far as all these mandates and everything else. But, you know, who knows if it'll still be in place or if it'll be a lesser effect then than it is now i mean it's it's who knows at this point so it kind of uh it, it kind of it's something that needs to wait till we can cross that bridge at that point before we can actually find out but as far as right now where we stand the nets are going to be amazing 
the fact that they have, you know, Harden is going to be so much better, I think, this year than he was last year. And that's going to be huge for him. And maybe without Kyrie there, it'll help them spread his wings a little better and show them a side that maybe might have them thinking they might not need him as much as they thought they did. Maybe not to say they, they aren't better with him, because I absolutely think they are. But, you know, I did see a report recently that they're going to discuss them, they being Harden, KD, and Nets management, whether or not, you know, how they're going to go forward with this whole Kyrie thing. You know, do they are they all comfortable? Because I feel like KD is on board. He doesn't care. He's letting Kyrie be Kyrie. But Harden, I'm not so sure that he's as on board as KD is. You know, that's not his boy like, you know, like it is for KD. So I'm not sure if he's feeling the whole I'm going to sit out this much of the season for what, you know, maybe maybe Harden's looking at it as like this. You need to see you get this shot and get it over with. Yeah, because uh, Harden didn't sign up for this, you know, like, he, you know, KD went with Irving to Brooklyn and, you know, Harden got traded there. He didn't he didn't sign up for the whole uh, Kyrie thing. So, yeah, I could yeah. definitely see that. And even last year, um, last year, Harden was an MVP candidate the way he was playing before he went down. So, Mm -hmm. you know, with Kyrie being out and him having to take on an even bigger load scoring, I imagine he's probably going to end up turning out another MVP caliber season, you know, for the Nets. And (laughs) Sorry, you know, I think that Harden, people forget how good Harden is. When I think about that Golden State series where, you know, Chris Paul went down and they sh- they could have won that series had he been healthy and their whole team been a whole. That dude was amazing in that series. Absolutely unstoppable. No matter who they threw at him, you know, <laughs> absolutely deep frying them. And it's like people forget that he's that good. And for him, like you said, he plays he played well. He started to get in a little rhythm toward the end of the year. And he got that little hamstring thing and that he was still dealing with that. You know, it wasn't 100%, but it's like, if this dude is where he can be or anywhere near it, this, he's, KD is the only guy offensively in the league today that is better than him. And even then, it's like, he's, he's on KD's bumper offensively when he's at his best. So to have both of them in a lineup and both of them, you know, at their best destroying teams, that's enormous pressure on any team to have to worry about that and guard that so you know they very well could win the championship without Kyrie I honestly truly believe that and especially considering the way that the Nets played the Bucks last uh, playoffs with just KD and Kyrie and you know Harden at his best is more offensively potent than Kyrie is so to have him and KD firing on all cylinders and you know for me I'm a, as far as the others I have I'm a firm believer in them and consistency you know and I, I feel like the others perform better on any team if their role is consistent and the second that you change it up for better or for worse that's when I feel like their games are impacted adversely and that's what I feel like happened to Joe Harris last year is that he was used to getting a certain type of shot when he had Kyrie and KD, you know, in the game. And then as soon as Kyrie went down, 
those shots had a little bit more pressure. They were still open, but there was a little more riding on his shoulders from the standpoint of, you know, how open he was. He's a little less open. And then how much his points meant. They meant a lot more to help KD. You know, whereas when KD and Kyrie and Harden are in the lineup, then it's like, oh, well, all my points are, are butter, the gravy, extra, sprinkles on top. So it's like, I don't, I don't care. There's no pressure in him making those shots. So that's what I think led to him shooting such a high percentage. And then it abruptly taking a cliff dive when more pressure was placed on him that he didn't have all season, you know, comparatively, especially considering the pressure of the playoffs, you know, game seven. Yeah. And, huh, man. So let's let's uh, let's talk about some of those others. They added some players. Uh, they added Paul Millsap. Um, they added Patty Mills. Uh, they added James Johnson and I'll add LaMarcus Aldridge as a new addition because I mean technically he barely played with them and yeah uh, he had to leave for the heart condition but he's back as well so uh what do you think of those new additions uh specifically in helping these uh this big three I think that the that the Nets are at their best when Katie and Kyrie and Harden can take breaks and when they can count on other guys to do other things. If I think one of the main things we saw with KD is that when he ended up by himself, he truly was by himself. All those guys were one dimensional guys and nobody could take the pressure off of him as far as getting a bucket consistently, you know, just give me the ball and let me go to work. And so when you have guys like, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, he's absolutely capable of that. And all the way to the point where you know, he can have a great game and, and require a double team. And it's like to have that as a luxury is 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 amazing. And so to, you know, starting with the Marcus Aldridge, I think that he is the key because he is the, you know, the best of those others. You know, it's like last year they still had Blake Griffin, but who was good in his own way. But I feel like, you know, there's only so much he can do at this stage in his career, whereas Aldridge the, his the, his play style and his go-to moves he has go-to spots he has go-to moves he's a great back to the basket player literally just throwing the ball and he can get work done down there so that's a huge addition i like Millsap. he's a very smart player uh he can take advantage of mismatches he can stretch it out to three he's gonna play good tough on both ends you know as far as i'd say like almost like a pj tucker type is what i look at him as um, not necessarily as good defensively, but as far as you're not going to bully him. Um, and, you know, just a great addition there. And uh, who were the others you mentioned that they that they uh, picked up? Uh, Patty Mills and uh, James Johnson. Definitely. Uh, James Johnson. That guy, man. Toughness. In a word, toughness. You know, if he, he can stretch it out to three, I don't think he's going to give you a crazy, you know, crazy numbers, but his presence on the floor, I think it's going to show beyond the stat sheet for him, you know, and then a guy like Patty Mills, veteran, great player, clutch, not afraid of the moment. You know, he was amazing for Australia, you know, this past summer in the world games. And, you know, he's not afraid. He comes up, he steps up big. He's played in that Spurs system. So he's good at getting shots in spots and, and running plays and, everything else like that he's got a very quick release you know i think he's going to be a very very special key for them i look at him as like a guy like uh, um 
a Derek Fisher or something that Kobe had. Just a, a reliable, solid guy that is able to knock down timely shots. And I think he's going to prove to be a great position, great uh, pickup come uh, playoff time for sure. Especially yeah. if they don't have Kyrie. Yeah, um, I think I think Patty Mills is is a pretty good pickup. Um, he doesn't obviously he doesn't help them too much on the defensive end, but yeah. he's a great spot up shooter. Which is mm-hmm. you know as we t- as you talked about earlier with with Joe Harris, uh, it would have been amazing for KD to have had Patty Mills in that playoff series, mm-hmm. just to have someone else who could who could knock something down for him. And mm-hmm. uh, he also with uh, Irving being out possibly for you know half the season. Uh, you know, he can handle the ball and he could be good in pick and rolls as well. Um, in, you know, in times that maybe Harden wants a breather, you know, and he could mm-hmm. be out there with KD. Mm-hmm. Uh, for James Jones, as a Heat fan, <laughs> I know a little bit about this man. And uh, yeah, toughness is pretty much everything that's, uh, that, that sums him up. Uh, he's a good <laughs> on-ball defender. Uh, he's kind of lazy on healthy, <laughs> but... You know he's not gonna get bullied by anybody he's mm-hmm. he's just a big strong dude and if you're taking a shot in front of him that's not an easy jump shot like you are being contested mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah. and paul Millsap, i mean i think he's a perfect fit with this nets team um he's you know obviously he's a little slower he's he's not the old paul Millsap, but i think he's gonna thrive as a pick and pop guy for them um, he's going to be able to punish smaller defenders on switches. And he's a pretty good decision maker, like you said. And he's going to be a quick decision maker in that offense. So, you know, if they throw it to him and they catch him in the mid post, high post, you know, if someone's if someone's coming off a back cut or any action off the opposite side, he's going to be able to hit that pass. So, and, and also not to forget, uh, like you said, he, he shoots the three ball well. He shot, uh, I think he shot about 37% the last few seasons. So, you know, that's, he's going to be a pretty good addition. And I'm actually really excited to see, I, I like that big man rotation of Paul Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, and Claxton. I think it's very versatile and it's just, it works for that big three like how or big two (laughs) maybe for half the season but yeah yeah, it works for for what they want to do yeah definitely i i think too and i'm actually the more and more i think about this i'm getting excited about it because i feel like if katie and kai and and uh kyrie and harden don't all work out and it ends up just being katie and harden i am excited for it to be a two-star build around with role players great team again you know like it ha- we haven't seen that in a long time and this whole you know grab a bunch of superstars and let's all group up together kind of era that's been lately since 2010 or so or be or a little bit before that and i feel like it's you know to have those two and to just have a very very nicely molded team that has great chemistry that you know what you're going to get out of them as far as KD and, Ky- and uh, Harden are concerned. They can really do do great things. It's I feel like I, I've always been a fit over talent guy if the talent is similar. You know, like if, if we have enough talent to get by, I would rather go for fit and chemistry over just having more talent, period. A couple of years ago, the Clippers 
uh, added a bunch of people and I feel like they had too much talent and they just picked up guys without any rhyme or reason. And I think it showed you had a bunch of guys that were unhappy. They didn't play and everything else. And it's like, that's the kind of thing that as a team you want to avoid, you want to pick up talent that makes sense. That fits like, you know, to what you said, uh, into your system and what you want to do. And I think that especially if Harden takes the role of the point guard again, I think that's good for him, whether or not Kyrie is there or not, just because they they want to get guys involved and they have the personnel to do it. It's like if he's, you know, getting Patty Mills shots, getting Lamarcus Aldridge shots, that's them getting in a rhythm and taking the pressure off of KD and him. And then that that's when they become unstoppable, because if those guys are on, you're not beating that team. So it's like if, if anybody else other than Harden and, and KD are, are hitting in any one game, even if it's one guy, if somebody gets you 20 of those others, it's a wrap because that meant Kyrie and Harden are taking those less shots and they're rested for the for the last final run of the fourth quarter or overtime yeah. or whatever it is. And so those guys, damn, they're running off with it if that's the case. And that's what I feel like they have the potential to do with these pickups that they made and we haven't even gotten into their rookies. Yeah, we got to, I mean, uh, t- to go back onto what you were saying, and uh, as far as like the two stars running a team, I think, well, the last time we saw that really was uh, the 2020 Lakers team with LeBron and AD. And then other than that, it's pretty much just been big three, big three, big <laughs> a bunch of just big three teams. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, like, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Like the more we're talking about this, I'm getting really hyped for these Nets. Like uh, just the ma- the makeup of their team, and it's funny because last year um, everybody wanted to talk about well they've got Harden, Kyrie, and KD, but they're not going to be able to play any defense. They're not going to play be able to play any defense. That's going to be their problem. Yeah, they could put up points, but what's going to happen in the playoffs? And we saw even down down a star, the Nets showed out they had they had the bucks on the ropes and i think that all of these additions only made them even more potent even with kyrie irving's uh you know status being in flux and i think that really says something to the team building uh that they got going on there and i liked what you said about uh you know liking fit over talent and the examples that you gave because at the end of the day basketball Honestly, what it really comes down to is is your chemistry and your fit and everybody understanding what they're supposed to do and what their role is. And you're always going to be a better team when roles are defined than having just a bunch of players that are super talented, but you don't know what you're doing. Like, you don't know who's going to have, you know, whose ball it is this night or that night or someone else thinks that they should have the ball over this person. Like, that's not going to happen on a team like this on the way that they uh, that they've, you know, put the roster together and it looks great so you just thought not to interrupt you but we just you just reminded me of a point i wanted to make and that was with uh russell westbrook i had read something in an article about uh him going to the wizards and you know they weren't expected to be a great team at all they don't have very much talent it was really him and bradley beal and a bunch of you know castaways g league guys guys that weren't playing elsewhere um or wouldn't be in the league otherwise. And they, or they had Rui Hachimura besides that, but you know, you get what I mean for the most part. And, and yeah. 
article they talked about um, Russell when he first got there, going to the team, having a team meeting, and pulling every single guy aside um, in front of everyone and asking them what their role is. Then proceeding to tell them what their role is. And when they got in the game, they knew exactly what they were what they wanted to do what they needed to do now they didn't have talent granted and they only went so far but they absolutely overachieved versus what we thought they were going to be and i think that that's huge you know you know the, the you need the requisite talent obviously as i had stated but you know like you went into once you have that talent level beyond that if you got guys that know exactly what their role is then you you play without thinking and you know if everyone just plays and it flows and the ball's moving and everyone's doing exactly what they need to do and there's no thinking there's no arguing none of that it's everything flows and it's beautiful you know it's like you know what we've been watching with golden state it's like they got draymond he knows what his role is sometimes it's to their detriment at this point because without clay they need they need more scores but when their team is whole and they and before they picked up kd and everyone was hitting it worked perfectly because they had enough guys going for scoring and and doing their thing and Draymond can just take open layups and and, and it didn't matter you know and they didn't count on him for anything and just move the ball and you know get people open and it's like that's people wonder why guys like that can play great on teams it's like you don't have to necessarily be a scorer or you know a great at this or that if, if you can be great at one thing and contribute that to a team that has the other pieces that you need and you can be great and you know i'm excited for this nets team to come together and for all these pieces to you know to have this many vets and everybody um, being able to say and look at themselves and evaluate based on their experience in the league hey this is what i can bring to the table and going from there that's huge that's huge yeah so what do you think like what what's your guess on how many how many wins and where they place in the east i think we're gonna probably be on the same page with this but uh what's yeah. your, what's your no i heard you talk earlier you mentioned first or second still i'm right there with you i think first or second and i honestly think because of these pickups that they made you know i, I really don't think barring health that's the only thing that's going to keep them from where they need to be but i don't think that's going to be an issue this year grant given the time off that they've had um, and I think that they're going to be first or second, one of the two. And because I also think the Bucks are going to be really good. Um, yeah, but yeah, definitely first or second for me. Yeah. Um, I got them at around, I, I think they're going to put a, together a 60 win season, whether Kyrie's mm -hmm. there or not. Um, I'm a, I'm a definitely, uh, put my bet on first and yeah, like you said, as far as my ceiling and floor for this team, it, the floor is whether you know they can you know their their ceiling is a championship their floor it really just depends on how healthy the team is um i figure you know if if the team's not that is not healthy coming into like an eastern conference finals against the bucks or something uh then obviously they're not going to be able to escape that maybe but yeah. um yeah really injuries is is really what it comes down to with this team and you know people forget Harden was a very durable player. You know, he had that unfortunate hamstring injury, but I can't remember Harden really missing time for anything before that mm -hmm. in 
all of his career to be honest and kd as well his he had you know obviously he tore his achilles and that was rough but i don't imagine he's gonna have too much issue after that you know he's he's been known to be durable and i bank on that continuing i know that some you know people who have the achilles injury um in the past they they've kind of uh they, they've kind they've kind of a uh, you know been a little washed after and stuff movement mm -hmm. gets limited all that but i think that that's for one not gonna happen to durant and two even if it did his game his style of play isn't i don't think it gets hindered by that even if he loses a little bit of speed here and there so mm -hmm. i think he's gonna stay healthy i think harden's gonna stay healthy the real the only real question here is whether Kyrie's gonna play and even with Kyrie does play you know he he is the one player on that team that has you know the injury bug so mm. we'll see what happens with them I'm, yeah I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent there and when i think back it's like the last time i remember Harden missing time was in our, our test giving the elbow to the side of his head oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's the, like the last time that i remember yeah, and do, obviously... you, do you remember those memes after that happened <laughs> like his head like dented in and stuff yeah all but... bad all bad that and that obviously had nothing to do with a actual basketball injury you know yeah. concussion more like a football injury and the worst that worst one at that because he'd have a helmet on if he was playing yeah. football <laughs> But even if he had a helmet on, I guarantee he had a concussion from that hit. It oh, yeah. That wind up. The, the but we'll see in stars, bro. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I mean, as far as he goes with KD, I, I'm right there with you, too, as far as the Achilles. Because I don't think it affects him as much because I think it all it did was lower his speed a tad. And I don't know if it's even that not like that noticeable, but he's so tall that he didn't. He's not a, a high flyer anyway, because he doesn't have to be. Like his athleticism right. was minimal because he has such like length and wingspan. It's like, so it doesn't affect him the way it did a guy like a Kobe who, you know, uses athleticism a lot more or even a Dominique Wilkins who was, um, was way, used it way more, you know? Yeah. Super than, explosive. Exactly. Super explosive. And, and, you know, so KD is like, it's, he brushed it off like it's nothing, you know. Even and even while we're on the subject, even a guy like Clay, it's like he doesn't use his athleticism at all. All he does is come off screens and get credit card vertical and hit jumpers. Yep. And you know, and KD the same thing. Very minimal jumping. Uh, very has a great flow to his game. He's just smooth with it, you know. And it's like that's if somebody were to have an Achilles injury, he's the guy that could have it and not be really affected by it as much you know and uh one more thing i wanted to touch on on the team building thing that um there was a a news reporter that got um exclusive access to the nets last year he went in and it was a whole huge thing about katie and Kyrie, and they everyone wanted to know why they chose the nets and everything else and so he got insider access to them and there's like a 40 minute podcast you can listen to on youtube uh for it but he basically goes into detail about their and the things I was interested in. It was a bunch of things. It was things about them spending some of the cap and how they decided to put the team together. And the things I was most interested in were the team building aspects. And Kyrie and KD were basically given unilateral control over who they picked up. You know, guys they wanted, who they wanted to play with, their play style, uh, who they wanted as coach. 
the fact that they wanted him to fit their vision and they and they and someone that they respected so that if it came to came down to it they can actually be coached by him and they would want to be coached by him because he's been there for those battles and steve nash is that you know he's had his moments he's had his battles um he's you know done great things and you know to be a guy that they place in that position I think he's he's really good for them you know obviously he has things he has to learn from a coaching standpoint but as far as player accountability and relatability and someone off the floor watching what's going on on the floor for them and kind of being that 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 different perception for them so when they come to the sidelines they say hey this is what i see especially with him being a point guard it was it's great you know and i think that um obviously lebron started the player empowerment thing and everything else and I would say that Katie and Kyrie benefited a lot from that in the way that they set this team up. You know, we're in that era where everybody is taking control of their careers. Everybody's stepping up and doing their thing. And I think it's smart that the, they have so much control in this aspect because you see the results on the court with the guys that they picked up. You know, I mean, I feel like with other teams and throughout the NBA's history, we've had and heard of um, GMs and owners going to players, star players, and asking their opinion. But I think that it was the other way around before. The, the power lied with the GMs and, and with, the, with the coaches and with the front office, more so than with the players. Whereas a situation like the Nets, listening to that podcast, it's absolutely clear that they had all the power, that they decided, or at least they had the deciding factor you know, in that. And it was the, the script was flipped from what I'm used to in my era watching basketball. So um, they're smart. They got to put together a great team. They fit really, really well. They know exactly what they want to do and how they want to play the factors and the pieces they need on the team. I think that this year's additions took into account the things that they had for the shortcomings last year in the playoffs. And because uh, they very well could have won that game seven. It's like people forget that, too. It's like as as hobbled as they were as many injuries as they had they could have won like that two, game seven like an inch what like mm -hmm. two or three inches away from that's just probably and, like what yeah it was like two or three inches it was like a, a toe <laughs> yeah a toe that's just that one shot a couple games before that bruce brown at the end of the game before oh, yeah, before yeah. kyrie <laughs> went down they could have went up 3-1 there's no way that the bucks were coming back from that it's like they were that close and if even if Kyrie does go down if they win that series and they play in the finals or then against the Hawks you know they they have a bunch of time for Harden to come back healthy you know because it's like man like imagine by the NBA finals they could have had a well well-oiled Harden and an unstoppable KD just ready to go and the suns would have got molly whopped you know like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so it's like i feel like the nets themselves know that everybody in the league knows that and it's gonna be i don't care who comes out the west it's gonna be hard pressed if the nets are waiting in the finals so i don't know how much more you can say beyond that it's like i don't i i can't look at I can't look around the, around the league and see the talent that I know they have and see the unleashed potential because we have not even seen it. We haven't seen it. And it's it's gets me crazy excited just thinking about it, man.
Yeah. Um. The, honestly, the only team I can think of that really has a shot to be a healthy Nets team is the Lakers if they if they're fully rolling and and smooth because mm-hmm. um, I think Frank Vogel and you know the players that they have on that team they they can make a defense that's gonna make it tough on them um, and they that's probably the best shot that you got um, going back to you know when you're talking about the player empowerment and how they put the team together I think I wanted to touch on I think KD really learned from his time in Golden State. Um, he didn't want to leave Golden State and go back to a situation that he had in Oklahoma City where it was just two guys had to figure it out and that was it. Even in this, even on a team like last year's where you thought, oh, it's really top heavy. It's KD, Kyrie, and, and Harden. The other guys around also got to eat like it's a very free-flowing offense they weren't just so much a one-on-one team i think they were like number seven in assists still so they weren't just sitting here going iso all day long and relying on their big three to score it was a more wide open offense more a la like uh his golden state days and i think he really wanted to to go to another environment like that Mm -hmm. they they did it and they did it their way you know, like I honestly think, think about uh, uh, Kyrie coming from Boston. It's like, how many shooters do they have on that team? And then you go to look at the Nets. All their others are specialty shooters, pretty much. They had a couple guys, like they had Chioza, that was a drive and kick guy. But even then, the rest of the guys, they had Shamit, they had Joe Harris. All those guys were knockdown, knockdown shooters. You know, like they were ready, locked and loaded. Not to mention the fact that Kyrie was a great knockdown shooter as far as catch and shoot last year and we know that kd is so it's like and the same thing with harden so it's like man like they they set their team up exactly it's it's almost like like you said he took the cues that he saw in golden state and the things that he liked about golden state and he put his little twist on it and he brought it there and now they have both ends of it because Kyrie can finish with the best of them on the inside harden same thing kd you can't stop him anywhere on the floor so it's like when you have any type of guy that has that type of gravity and then you surround them with shooters that force the other team to give them their space joe Harris shooting a career high percentage it's like dude pick your poison pick your poison you know and that's not to mention the fact that a lot of these times that you're doubling these guys and and trying to triple them or whatever they're gonna score anyway because they're just that good so it's like man like what what do you even do how could you stop them that's why i feel like they still look so good even though they missed a bunch of time because it was like you said it was a free-flowing offense it was very simple and they empowered guys to do what they do best you get the ball you let that thing fly if you're a shooter and guys were doing that you know even blake griffin later in his career when he was playing for the pistons he developed his three-point shot even further as he started with you know in his later years with the clippers dude can shoot from three two so it's like every single person that they have out there on the floor is like if they hit a shot you're like oh man like he's hitting two because you just had to give up that shot to them because you're you'd rather them shoot than katie or kyrie or harden so it's like their their team is for me one of the best teams that i've ever seen as far as fit and everybody knowing their role and how they put it together and all that and like yeah. you said, their guys are smart. Guys are they're 
picking up on it's not like they were rookies or anything they have they're tenured in the league they've been you know both of them had championships beforehand both of them have been on the biggest stage as far as you know katie and kyrie and harden's been pretty high up there too you know harden been up to the finals when he was in 2013 you know in 2012 or whatever it was that they went and you know obviously he was young then but having that experience is priceless and bringing that to to one team under one roof and you know sculpting everything the way you want it it's like think about the moment that harden walked in they said he was a point guard everyone was questioning it this we sure that's gonna work and it was beautiful from there yeah. Kyrie just because straight went to scoring getting buckets you couldn't leave Harden couldn't leave KD when he was in you could put two of them on the bench and have one in it, just cooking with because they had all those shooters for little spurts so they can get rest it was like man like there's so many looks and as a coach as someone setting up the team as a player on that team to know day in and day out that all you got to do is do what you do best easy easy work you know when you make the game easy you make yourself be able to think less you give guys responsibilities that they're apt to handle it's the the results show for themselves and it's like people look at their roster and like you said people said they were very top heavy and honestly they were a lot of those guys were g league guys who was bruce brown before the nets nobody <laughs> knew who nobody knew him and look how much of an impact he's had on their team with his effort that he comes with the jackknife guy he does it all for them grabs timely rebounds i mean yeah he costed them a game in the finals but it's like a part of the reason they were there was because of him you know yeah. so it's they got all the right pieces it's i would say top to bottom the best team in the nba and i think the lakers have a chance to beat them but honestly it would have to be perfect they'd have to be perfect to do that because I honestly feel like they're trending in the wrong way with AD drifting further and further from the rim, not wanting to play center. He has to play center for them to beat this team, you know, like, so. I uh, mean, I they, think he would do that in a playoff situation. He's just not apt to doing it throughout the regular season. Yeah, but at the same time, too, I almost feel like when he doesn't commit earlier in the season and they're not, it's like, it's like trying to flip the switch at the last moment. Yeah, you have that at your trump as your trump card. Yeah, you could always do it. Yeah, you can just throw it in. But to have done that all season and to have a rhythm in doing it is different than just throwing it out there and doing it. Now, granted, having LeBron on your team, this you know probably the smartest player in the league, he makes it look easier than it than it really is. But for the most part, too, the other guys have to eat too. Now, I will say they have much better shooters than they had in that 2020 run, like thousand percent. You know, if you give uh Malik Monk and Ellington those same shots that uh KCP and Kuzma were getting <sighs> game yeah. over not to mention none <laughs> can you got Kendrick yeah. none in there too yeah thank you Carmelo Anthony like yeah I, I even though guess... Carmelo Anthony's not the best spot up shooter but I mean I'm taking Carmelo Anthony over Kyle Kuzma any day <laughs> oh all day long all day long he had some great games in the bubble for for uh portland he had some great games last year in the playoffs for portland they just they didn't have enough you know they didn't play a good enough defense either especially on the inside so you know carmelo's one of those guys that he can go off and get you 20 or 30 and you can't double him because look who else is on the team so it's like to have a guy like that 
I, I don't know why the Lakers didn't give them a look before Portland did. I think they considered it, but, you know, they were on the fence a little bit. But he'd have a ring right now, <laughs> you know, yeah. if it weren't for that. And, and albeit they would have beat those teams easier had they had him as well. So because they were sorely needing the guy that had because the problem with Kuzma was not only was he not good, but he didn't know how to impact the game in other ways. He didn't know how to get himself in a rhythm when he's not in the rhythm you know like a guy like carmelo superstar former superstar he knows he's been through ups and downs of every sort he's been in his own battles he was battling kobe all those years in the playoffs like dude has been there and so when he's had when he misses a couple shots he's not gonna hang his head he's not gonna you know he has his go-to spots he has his go-to moves and that's it you know and he's gonna and having to double team him when you got ad on the floor we got lebron on the floor you got westbrook you know Westbrook not gonna be shooting threes per se necessarily unless he has it out, you know, a great year shooting open shots, but which very well may could may occur too, you know. Westbrook could turn into having a career year for himself as long as he as long as he shoots a respectable uh percentage from there, makes you know, one out of every two, somewhere close to that, they could be it could be trouble. Just it, ha it just has to be enough to make a team hesitate, you know, from going out there, but but yeah, but back on the Nets, it's like uh, these guys, man. I, yeah. <laughs> there's not a they, they, there's not enough you can say about this Nets team. So I think we're pretty much, uh, you know, I think we've already s said what we we expect from you know the stars on this team, Harden and KD uh, and and Irving. Uh, but what are we expecting from? Though, or who are we? Who are we looking at as an X factor for this team? Who's some, who's somebody on this team to you that uh, really puts them over the hump when push comes to shove? I think, to be honest with you, I'm gonna go with uh, with Cam Thomas. I know he's a rookie, but dude coming in, he's unexpected, and it's. It, I didn't want to choose a guy like Marcus Aldridge. He's, I think, he's a little obvious, but, um, but as far as a guy that can come in and get buckets and really contribute to their winning and give them a different look, other than what they were expecting, I'm looking at him as like an offensive guy that comes in like a Caruso did, you know, like and you weren't expecting anything out of him, but he's coming in hitting folks. Like he, he's a guy that you can't guard him one on one. And to have to worry about him is like a leaky faucet, you know, like uh, you're coming up all these holes and now he's going off, you know, like now if he was the number one guy or or had to, you know, shoulder the load, then probably not. But considering who he's going to be playing with and the fact that he's going to get one on one matchups a lot of the time, you know, guys like that are going to eat, you know, just like the Nets others were eating last last year with nowhere near as much talent. So I think he can be a great X factor. And then I'll couple that with uh, on the veteran side, Marcus Aldridge. You know, like that dude to be able to throw it down low and know that that's a bucket, slow the game down when it's a grinded out game. That's that's crazy, you know. And the shots that he's gonna get, all I keep thinking about is if they were to have him, how badly they would have beat Milwaukee having him because that's what they didn't have. They literally had Claxton and and DeAndre Jordan, who couldn't even play. And then Blake Griffin. And that was it. And it's like, 
Blake Griffin, he's he's got a couple post moves, but it's like not he's not going to get you that in the clutch. And that's not something he, he's so comfortable with that he can do it at any time. Whereas you throw LaMarcus down there, give him one on one. You put Giannis on him and he still has a good chance to score like his fallaways, his mid range. The fact that you have to you know, guard him all the way out to the, you know, to the edge of the three point line, if not corner threes, that's trouble, major trouble. So if he comes back and he's able to play a good majority of the games and, and get into a rhythm and contribute, that's going to be a huge X factor. And there's another factor that that makes it so the loss of Kyrie wouldn't be as bad, you know. So there's that. Yeah, um, for my X factors or X factor, I have one. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at Nicholas Claxton. Uh, I think that. For the scheme that the Nets play on defense of switching everything, um, he's absolutely phenomenal at, for a 6'11 guy uh, being able to switch on pick and rolls all day long. And I think that that's going to be able to, um, that's going to bolster their defense, of course, in the postseason and make him more playable in the postseason. He did a great job when he was relied upon um, in that Buck series. And I think he's going to be a pretty key as far as their interior defense is concerned. Like um, this team plays a lot better defense than we had expected them to. Mm-hmm. And I think that if Claxton takes another step in his development, that team is even more unstoppable than we're expecting them to be. Because now they're going to have somebody who not only can, 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 uh, take care of a switch on a pick and roll for you but he'll be even better hopefully at guarding bigger players and when you're looking at a team like the lakers or bucks who are probably going to be the final two teams they play to end the season you know if everything goes the way we want um that's somebody we're going to be looking at and that's a position you're going to be looking at um to stop players like ad to stop um you know Giannis. Um, if they're running pick and rolls, uh, you know, he's going to be able to hop out on holiday or hop out on Russell Westbrook off of pick and rolls, things like that. So I- I'm looking at Claxton as my X factor for them. If he takes that leap, like I said, um, I think it just takes that team to a whole nother level defensively. And with that rotation of bigs that they have, um, they're, they're going to be dangerous. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I do like Claxton, especially if he comes back stronger, because that was the main thing that uh, that prevented him from guarding Giannis better because he had great positioning. It was just backing him in, backing him in in close. And then you have to take a foul once you get a guy so deep. Uh, yeah, he had game. some problems. He had some problems guarding bigger players, but he's also like what in his second year kids like what, mm-hmm. 22, like he's young, you know, mm-hmm. he hasn't even like grown into his body yet. So you know, if it's not this year that that happens, I'm fully expecting within, you know, the next two years, he's going to fill out and yeah. he's going to be able to, you know, take those hits and bang with those big boys. Definitely. And that, that Nets, that Nets center spot is wide open. You know, ever since they lost or decided to go move on from Jared Allen, that net spot is perfect for a guy like Glaxon, like you're saying, who is very versatile defensively. Who can catch some lobs and call it even 
just get some easy buckets not be, not have a play ran from you but just gonna hustle get after it and then you know hopefully he's under the tutelage of uh, bruce brown and he can get some of that dog in him and and some hustle in him and be even more valuable you know and you know take a little cues because if he if he's doing the things you know not to say he wasn't last year he he had a little bit of it in him, but if he takes another step in that way to have guys that are on there just they're all they're out there to do is clean up get loose balls be great give great effort on offense and defense and be there take easy buckets when as a pressure release when you need it that's huge you know so if he can come in and he can you know capture that center spot and lock down those minutes you know and that way it also makes it so lamarcus aldridge who maybe is not as uh and blake griffin for that matter who maybe are not as conditioned as they once were to be able to play more spot minutes to come in do their thing then check back out you know and go from there because obviously we know lamarcus strong suit is not defense so you know very slow footed and he's not going to be the guy you want to put on giannis in the open floor you know especially if giannis comes back shooting more which you know he very well may he was he wasn't hesitating last year so every year he's adding a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more to that outside shooting and so you need a guy like claxton who's going to be able to keep up foot speed wise like a guy like a bosch you know and be able to also guard him down low so that's a good uh that's a good choice for your for your x factor yeah so uh i think that's all we got for on the nets i think we've covered everything we could cover um this nets team is going to be crazy it's going to be dangerous and there's nothing not to like about them um so i just want to thank you jonathan for uh coming on the show it's been fun and we're definitely going to have you on uh, a lot more often throughout the season. Sounds good. I look, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing the Nets um, really come to fruition this season in every way. You know, they are, like you said, an amazing team, and they have a lot of uh, prospects. They they are player driven team as far as who put them together and how they wanted the pieces together, and to see them do as well as they are able to do with not necessarily talented every single uh position as far as their others you know like they man i'm excited for them i'm excited um i'm really looking forward to them doing this year what they couldn't do last year based on injuries so you know i think things will be set right this year i'm going with the nets for uh the championship for sure this year yeah definitely it's not a bad pick so uh mm -hmm. But uh, we're going to see y'all next time. And uh, peace. All right. See you.